Jamie Summers from Afternoons with Heart and Humor. Something you may not know about me is I'm really conscious of what I put in my body. So I eat healthy, try to stay as active as possible. That's also why I was so excited when I heard that Dr. Kellum at the Kellum Stem Cell Institute is able to retrieve my own stem cells and place them exactly where I need them most with focused infusions. If you're ready for something more effective and a healthier way to heal, get more information at KellumStemCellInstitute.com. Hey, it's Doug, catching up with James Dillon, an educator for more than 40 years, including 20 years as a school administrator. He is the author of seven books, writes regularly for educational blogs, and his latest read is something you want to grab, The Gospel of It's a Wonderful Life, A Spiritual Journey Through the Movie. James Dillon, welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, so I'm intrigued by this because I love this film. I feel like it's a part of so many people's Christmas traditions. I didn't even realize till I was reading the press release on your book that it's coming up on its 75th anniversary, and that kind of ties in with the release of your book. What was the genesis behind this? What what made you want to do uh, a spiritual book about this film? Well, I've always loved the movie, and it's always been a movie that every year when I watch it, it, it sort of, I feel it renews my faith. And um, I also had a serious illness 20 years ago where I also lost a hearing in my one ear. So mm. I, I sort of identify with George Bailey. Um, so when COVID hit, oh, I'll back up a little bit. So I once watched this movie with my adult children, and I could see how they were very moved by it. And I thought it would help bring them closer to going back to practicing their faith, which I think they have a faith, but they don't practice it. Mm. But I got the idea that I w- it might be a good thing to do at my church. So I went to the person who's in charge of faith formation, and I did a four-week thing with them called Four Weeks to a Wonderful Life, where we got together and we watched a half hour of the movie and then talked about it. And because I was leading the discussion, I had to really watch the movie closely. And uh, I saw things in it, even though I had seen it many, many times, I saw things in that movie that I saw related to scriptures, related to liturgy, just related to, you know, sort of some core truths of life. And I could see the people who were in the group saying the same thing, saying, well, I've seen this movie, but I I never saw that before. And um, then I thought, well, you know what? This could be a lot of people love this movie. And. If I could take what I did with this group and turn it into like a almost like a handbook for people to use the movie to deepen their discussions of their faith, either with their family or with their friends or in, in their churches. So then when sort of COVID lockdown hit, that became my daily companion. I got a copy of the screenplay. I had a DVD and I went through each scene by scene, and I saw things in it, again, that I'd never seen before. And then I did some research on the movie. I did some research on the director, Frank Capra, and really discovered a lot of interesting things, and so I put it all into a book. 
So really, we can point th- uh, point to this as being another uh, pandemic positive is some things that we talk yeah. about sometimes. So if there hadn't been this lockdown, you wouldn't have had the time. So I guess that's a good thing to come out of the lockdown. I guess so. That's one way of looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you think would be uh, a surprise or two uh, that, that a fan of the film or maybe who someone's seen it in passing go like, well, wait a minute. I never realized that or I never saw that. Is there a nugget or two? Yeah, I will. You know. I, you know, I started living with this movie again, and I remember I was laying in bed going to sleep, and all of a sudden it hit me out of the blue about what the most important shot of the movie was, and it was the first shot of the movie, and that is the sign that says, you are now in Bedford Falls, and I sort of scratched my head and said, I don't recall ever seeing a sign in the middle of a town that told the people that they were now in that town. Mm. You normally see a sign when you go into the town or when you come out. I've never seen one that would say, you are now in. And I kept thinking, well, why did the director put that as their first shot? Because I'm a writer, and I know that like your first sentence is always like the most important. And, and movie directors do things for a purpose. So I kept saying, well, what was the purpose of Frank Capra making that the first sign of the movie. And then it hit me. He was inviting every person watching that movie to identify with George Bailey and to put themselves in the middle of Bedford Falls and go on this journey with him. That's what people do. They go on that journey with George Bailey. So it becomes sort of their journey. And I think that's what the director wanted people to get out of it. He, he made this movie, when I read about it, with a, a real intention to inspiring people, to have people stop and reflect on their life, and, and, and I think their faith in God, and, and to see how God moves in their lives. And I think, you know, he thought a movie is a good way to visualize that, and, and also emotionally put people in George's shoes, because that's, that's what he did to me. But how many times I've seen that movie, you just sort of see the sign, and then you just sort of move on. So uh, that's why in the cover of the book, I put the sign on top of the waterfall that says, you are now in Bedford Falls. Mm. That's fascinating. Well, would you say that Frank Capra was trying to make a Christian film? I don't know enough about Frank Capra. Was, was faith or anything part of his background? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, he was a Roman Catholic, as I am. And he immigrated here from Sicily when he was six years old. And um, he ended up going to uh, Caltech before it was even called Caltech. And one thing led to another. And he ended up getting into silent pictures and became a director. And um, he always wanted to win an Academy Award. And he finally made this fast. And he always won. And he finally won the Academy Award. He won the Academy Award for It's a Wonderful... For it happened one night. Mm. He got Best Director, Best Picture. He reached the pinnacle of Hollywood success and became paralyzed with fear. Became paralyzed with fear that he could never top himself. Mm. And he stayed in bed, and he called in sick. And according to his autobiography, he felt he almost died. He felt he was faking he was sick, that he became sick. And that a friend of his, who was a person of faith, came to him and said, I have this man sitting outside your bedroom here, and he wants to talk to you. 
Frank Kappa said, I, I don't know if I can get out of bed. And the, the man, the guy, his friend said, you got to go talk to him. So he went and spoke to this little man. And the little man said, do you know what you're doing? You, you've taken this wonderful gift that God gave you, and you're wasting it. You need to take your gift and, and use it the way God intended you to. And one thing led to another. He got better, blah, blah, blah. And then he started making movies that really had to do with, you know, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and all these other movies mm. that were sort of Frank Capra movies. And um, so you can see how that's almost like Clarence the Angel. You know, he had reached a point of despair. Now, the funny thing about it, that was in his autobiography. If you read his biography, his biographer said that never happened. There's no record. There's no record of that ever happening. And that he was, he had an appendicitis, he had all these things. So, you know, how do you sort of um, reconcile that discrepancy? I, I don't really know if you can, but I think maybe it came to him in a dream. But I think Capra really felt like this, this revived his faith. You know, he had reached a point of despair, it revived his faith, and then he went on to make, you know, these movies that really touched people's lives. Wow, I had that's that's fascinating. One other interesting thing, at the end of his autobiography, at the very end, he doesn't so much talk about himself. He talks about his brother. And his brother came over here from Sicily, too, and his brother lived a very simple life. He was a good man, a man of faith. You know, he, he, he had good friends and family, nothing like Frank Capra, who got all these awards, had all this money, had all these... Uh, uh, accolades. Mm. But when Capper ends his book saying how much he admired his brother, and he quotes from the eulogy of the priest saying that like his brother was this incredible man who taught him so much. And Capper said, you know, that's what really life is all about. And he said, you know, I, I just want to give people courage to go out and live their life knowing, you know, that that they could be like my brother. <laughs> so you almost feel like, you know, this conflict between fame and fortune and just sort of being a good family man and a man of faith was like a basic conflict with him. And that, that almost that he saw like in his own family with his brother. Uh, my understanding of the film when it came out, when it was theatrically released, that it wasn't considered a, a, a hit or a blockbuster. No. I, again, not knowing Frank Capra, did he come to, what do I want to say? Did the popularity of all of the film happen still in Capra's lifetime? Was he able to see what that, yes. okay. Yes, yes. And and the thing quick about that, Frank Capra was a, he, he left Hollywood and went to work for the Defense Department and made all these films called Why We Fight, which were used to get the GIs mm. to understand why they were going in, into combat. And he got all these awards for doing that. And when he came back, you know, Hollywood sort of forgot him, along with these two other directors, George Stevens and William Wilder. And they got together and said, you know what? Why don't we make our own studio? So they did. They, made, they started their own studio called Liberty Pictures. And the first movie made was It's a Wonderful Life. Mm. Well, the movie bombed at the box office. Um, they released it the day after Christmas. Some people say it was a very cold winter, and the movie never really made any money, so much so that his 
uh, company, Liberty Pictures, never made another movie. He sold his, he sold the company to Paramount Pictures. So I often think of Capra almost being like George Bailey. After he, and he had said, It's a Wonderful Life is the greatest movie I ever made and may have been the greatest movie ever made. Mm. So here he is at the height of his powers as a director. He makes this movie that he feels is the best movie ever made, and it bombs, and it, and it, and it makes his, 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 business, his uh, studio go out of business. Wow. And I must have felt, boy, he must have felt like George Bailey on the bridge. But he did, well, his career never really, he, he ended up making other movies, mm-hmm. but no real anything significant, a lot of remakes. But then he wrote his book called uh, Name Above the Title. And um, he lived to like the age of 94. Now, It's a Wonderful Life, didn't do well at the box office. And by some clerical error, his copyright didn't get renewed. So in the early, and I think it's like a 26-year thing, if you don't renew mm. your copyright, it becomes public domain. So this movie started to be shown on all these independent TV stations across the country because you didn't have to pay a penny to show it. So people in the 70s rediscovered this classic, and it became this what it is today. And later on, I think NBC bought the rights to it. So um, that, to me, Capra did get to see that happen. Okay. That's quite a story right there. That's fascinating. Fascinating. The book is The Gospel of It's a Wonderful Life, A Spiritual Journey Through the Movie. Um, one more question. What would you hope would be a takeaway uh, that someone reads this book? What, what would you want them to come away from? I want people to look at that movie and sit there with their families. And, you know, remember, that's sort of a Christmas movie, and the movie ends at Christmas. And I think... I would want people to see that this that their lives are wonderful in spite of all the ups and downs and that they hang in there and they follow their conscience and they do what's right and and, and that regardless of what happens, if they follow their heart and, and they can um, you know listen to God and their faith, then no matter what happens, their life will be wonderful. And if the book helps them do that, then I've sort of done what I felt I was called to do myself. Because I felt called to write this book, too. So Definitely can com- comes across in, in, in your passion and in your research. I can't wait to finish it. It's amazing. Oh, good. Well, thank you. In the book, I put, you know, questions for discussion, too. And I go scene by scene. So, you know, the family got the book, and there was a scene that happened to really... Uh, make them think they could open up the book and, you know, share some questions that stimulate a, a good discussion with their family or with a faith group in their church. Well, it sounds like uh, it's, a, it's a new Christmas tradition. Yeah, I hope people can take this and maybe use it, put it next to them when they watch the movie, and I hope it enhances their family tradition of watching It's a Wonderful Life. I'm Jamie Summers from Afternoons with Heart and Humor. Something you may not know about me is I'm really conscious of what I put in my body. So I eat healthy, try to stay as active as possible. That's also why I was so excited when I heard that Dr. Kellum at the Kellum Stem Cell Institute is able to retrieve my own stem cells and place them exactly where I need them most with focused infusions. If you're ready for something more effective and a healthier way to heal, get more information at KellumStemCellInstitute.com. 